Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. If you do have your Bibles, we're not going to be there for a while, but we will get to John chapter 6, if you would like to follow along. John chapter 6. Last week, uh, we ran out of time, and I, I started a story about uh, I have been married to my wife since October 23rd in some of the greatest moments of my life so far. Um, and the, the other night, oh, it's been a, a little while back, but uh, one night I was, I was laying in bed and uh, I sleep like a fish out of water. I just, you know, I'm constantly tossing and turning. And I had turned on to my stomach, but I was facing Cammie and she was faced away from me. And I like it completely dark and just kind of see the outline of her underneath the covers. And right as I turned over and kind of looked at her and thought, man, I sure love that girl. She turned over and looked at me. I was like, man, we are like synced, right? She's loving me right now. I'm loving her. Now, I can't see her face because it's dark. But in my mind, my wife is like right here. And we're just looking at each other. She's smiling, that cute little pixie smile that she has, just loving me with her heart and her eyes and her smile. And my heart is filled to bursting Man, I love what marriage feels like. A loving marriage is just an amazing deal. And as I'm sitting here looking at my wife and thanking God for it, and she's looking at me and probably thanking God for me too, she speaks, kind of. Because you see, she still had COVID. And what I took for her looking at me became a sound asleep <laughs> three inches from my face it was so strong and forceful I didn't even have time to flinch just wipe love you too baby love you too and you know what I still loved her I still loved her she was sick but sometimes people wonder, what does marriage feel like? Well, sometimes it's the butterflies and the giggles and the gazing longingly into each other's eyes. And sometimes it's having your coronavirus wife hack up a lung in your eyeball. And we still love her. And it was during that, thinking about this is how marriage does feel sometimes, is I asked myself, what does Christianity feel like? I mean, what should we expect as Christians? What does Christianity feel like? Today, we will dive into that. But the main premise of what does Christianity feel like is I'm going to be able to describe it in vivid detail that I hope that you will experience in your own mind and in your own heart. Because what Christianity feels like is like every other day. It's just life, okay? Because I think that a lot of people think that when they become Christians, that they're going to somehow magically be changed and they're not going to have any problems and they're not going to, you know, everything's going to be Skittles and roses and baby powder, right? And that's just not it because really what Christianity feels like is it feels like life itself. 
There is no every single moment of every single day magical, uh, quantifiable feeling that you have. Okay? I think that a lot of people go into Christianity with a misconception of what they feel like after they give their lives to God. Now, we will get into some details of what Christianity is like, but when we talk about what does Christianity feel like, it just feels like life. Because we live in the same world, we live in the same towns as unbelievers. We go through the same things that they go through. If there's a drought, you know, we don't have any grass either. It's, it's just life. It's just life with a purpose. It's just life, but with an eternal purpose. What does Christianity feel like? It feels like going to the cow cell, right? It feels like going to the cow cell. There'll be people, there'll be animals, and something to do. That's what Christianity is. It has people, ours has animals, and it has something to do. There will be good sale days and bad sale days. Uh, you'll make some money and you'll lose some money. In other words, you don't sit around waiting to feel differently than you did before. It's just life. And, and I know that you're thinking, oh, he's saying that, you know, there's no difference in Christianity. Don't put words in my mouth. I'm saying that Christians feel the same way as everybody else does. We have good days. We have bad days. Sometimes we do really good. Sometimes we fall on our face. You know, we do fall down just like everybody else. We are not immune to this world. We are taught how to get through it. Life feels like life in all its glory and heartache. In Christianity, Christians still experience life. They experience death. But let's quit looking at the horse and see how it rides. And what do I mean by that? We can look at Christianity from the outside and, and have an idea of what our life will be like as Christians, but that's like going to buy a horse and just looking at its color and its confirmation and thinking that just by looking at it, we know everything about the horse. You don't know about the horse until you get on that horse. That's the litmus test, not how it looks. Okay, So we're going to be less concerned about what Christianity looks like. We're going to see what it's like to get on and ride. Make sense? Let's hope so. Let's go. First off, if you want to know what Christianity feels like, you have to understand that Christianity is not a pill, it's a purpose. It's not a pill, like you have a headache, you take an aspirin, your head doesn't hurt. You get a feeling from the pill, it's supposed to do something. You know, whether it's a pain pill or, you know, people take illicit drugs, they only, they don't take an illicit drug so that their blood pressure will go down. They take illicit drugs because it produces in them a euphoric or some type of feeling that is a sorry substitute to try to fill what the hole in their heart, right? Christianity isn't a pill. It's a purpose, a purpose. You can't pop a faith pill and suddenly everything feels great, okay? You know, I, my wife's aunt is dying of cancer as we speak. They don't know if it's going to be two days or two weeks, and they're believers, but I don't go up to her uncle and say, everything's going to be all right. And he goes, you know what? I'm glad you said that. I'm not even sad anymore. It's not like that. It's not like that. We still have feelings. We still go through things. You can't pop a faith pill and then suddenly everything's going to be okay. And I think that that is what Christians are kind of trying to be. Oh, just give it to God. Man, how cliche is that? Just give it to God. 
Man, that is not a pill that you can just say, oh God, I give you this, and now I'm never going to think about it or struggle with it again. That's not true. We live in a fallen world. We're, we're prone to falling ourselves. You can't pop a faith pill and suddenly everything's going to be feel great. Okay? Beware of a faith. Please listen. There's no condemnation in what I'm fixing to say. Don't put words in my mouth. But beware of a faith where you have to conjure up your God with high emotionalism and use uh, religiosity cliches to name and claim everything without simply trusting in a big God to fulfill His promises. Okay, There's some people that have to work themselves up so that they'll get the feeling that God is there. God is always there with us. And God, I'm not saying He can't be a feeling, but it's not most of the time a palpable feeling that is going to suddenly make everything better. It's not like that. Christianity isn't a pill. It's a purpose. Our faith has a purpose that allows us to navigate the darkness, not feel good in it. Christianity allows us, authentic Christianity gives us a purpose to navigate through the darkness of this world to get to the narrow trail, to get to God. It doesn't give us a feeling, okay? We are given the purpose. Remember I said Christianity isn't a pill that makes you feel better. It's a purpose. It's a life that we live. It's a journey that we take. Our faith has a purpose that not only allows us to navigate the darkness, but we're given the purpose of following the man and mission of Jesus Christ by doing what he did and loving God and others and doing, this, and doing the same for others. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus lived that. We follow that man and we follow that mission by loving God with everything that we have and loving others the same way. That is our purpose right? This love we have for God and others, listen, this love that we have for God and others isn't a merry-go-round, okay? It's not a merry-go-round where every, you know, nothing bucks you off, everything is pretty, flashing lights and beautiful music and just go around filled with love and laughter and all that. And Christianity isn't a merry-go-round ride. It's raw, it's unfiltered, and it can even be dangerous at times. Don't think that Christianity is a merry-go-round or an amusement park or filled with unicorns and glitter. It doesn't. There's not. It's a purpose. It's a life. It's a journey that we take. Christianity isn't a pill. It's a purpose. Christianity isn't a feeling. It's a fulfillment of God's promises. Okay? It's a fulfillment of God's promises. God doesn't want to give you an endorphin-based high type of feeling. He wants to love you, provide for you, and care for you. Okay? You see what I mean by that? God doesn't want to give you an endorphin-based feeling. He wants to love you, provide for you, and care for you. It's a fulfillment of God's promises. Christianity, with our faith in, what, in how much God loves us, then we become the recipient and the fulfillment of God's promises. And He can never go back on a promise. He promises to love us, to care for us, to protect us. And He also tells us if we will put Him first, He will allow us to love others more. 
to love our spouses more, to love our kids more, to love our neighbors better. He wants to love you, provide for you, and care for you. He wants to forgive you of your mistakes and bring you back closer. He doesn't want to punish us for our mistakes. That's the last thing in the world God wants to do is punish us. What He wants, because you know what? Sin has sin's punishment enough. The, the things that we do to ourselves is punishment enough. If you really want to know what God wants to do, He wants to love you and He wants you to be close to Him. Because He knows He's the only one that can fill that place in your heart that's longing for something. He wants to forgive you of your mistakes and bring you closer to Him. But He also wants to adopt you into His own family where you will be loved forever and never be alone. Do you know in biblical times you could give up your kid? If you didn't like him, be like, <laughs> listen, Billy, you're done. Out. And it was okay. If your son was not do- or your son or daughter was not doing what they were supposed to, you get rid of your kid. I mean, you can't kill them, okay? But you could kick a kid out. There wasn't no law against it. But in biblical times, did you know? You hear all the time about God adopting us into his family. And, you know, we have people, oh, yeah, I had a friend live with me during high school. We're not talking about that, okay? We're talking about adopting into his own family. And in biblical times, you could get rid of your kid for nothing. No big deal. Not against the law. But if you adopted a child, he was yours forever, and you could not get rid of him for anything. No wonder everybody in biblical times, when Jesus says God has adopted you as his own children, everybody went, oh my gosh, that's phenomenal. Because they knew that if God adopts us, he wants us forever. Wants us forever. And will not get rid of us. That's what God wants. He wants to show you what a life without condemnation is like. Man, are you one of these people that have been kind of hammered on by religion where you're always like thinking all the time of just how much you're not worthy? That never comes from God. If you feel unworthy, I guarantee you that is not coming from God because God's promise in the Bible said this. For God so loved the world, it's Jesus talking about himself in third person. I'm going to start doing that from now on. Because I want to be Christ-like, I want to talk in third person all the time. So what Kevin says is, Kevin's going to quote the Bible now. He said, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send the Son of Man into the world to condemn it, but to save it through Him. You tired of all that guilt and feeling unworthy and all that, man? You that devil just talk right in your ear and you're not even doing anything about it. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. He wants to show you what a life without condemnation is like. He wants to be your world because you were His world when He allowed His Son to die for you on that cross. Think about that. God wants to be your world because you were His world when He died on that cross for you. Man, God asks too much, doesn't He? He never asks you to sacrifice His own Son. He asked one person that in the history of mankind is a man named Abraham. And right before Abraham could do it, he stopped him to show you that God would do something. God would never ask you to do something that he wouldn't do himself. But he stopped Abraham because he loved Abraham and he loved Isaac. And he loved Jesus, even though he let him die for our sins. He wants you to live life to the fullest. Christianity isn't a feeling. It's a fulfillment of God's promise. And God wants to give us life. As a matter of fact, God said he wants to give us abundant life life, not a little bit of life, an abundant life. 
This full life is different than most people expect. Why? Because the world never understands that a fulfilled life is measured by the breadth and depth of the river, not the length of it. Did you hear what I just said? People of the world can't understand that our life is measured by the breadth and the depth of life, not merely in the length of it. You ever notice the unsaved people will try to keep breathing no matter what? Because they think that their life is measured by the length of it. Where God shows us that it's not the length of life that is important, it's the depth and the breadth of it. Christianity isn't a feeling, it's a fulfillment. Christianity is not a list of rules. It is a list of results. Follow with me. When the people were told to sacrifice a lamb in the Old Testament so that the angel of death would not take their firstborn, this is in Moses in Egypt, they were to prepare a sacrificial lamb and take the lamb's blood and put it over the doorpost of the house. Then when the angel of death came by, and if there was the blood of the lamb over the doorpost, the angel passed over that house and went to the next one. If there was not the blood of the lamb on the doorpost, then the angel of death was ordered to take the firstborn child, male child. You know what is not said? God didn't pull the angel of death over and go, listen, I told them that all they had to do was put the blood of the lamb over the door, but I want you to make sure and they be sure that they haven't been drinking, they haven't been watching R-rated movies, that they're not Democrat. You know? I mean, we... And I'll just use that. I can sit Republican too. Y'all don't get all political on me. I'm just saying that it was the blood of the lamb that spared them. Not anything else. It's not a list of rules. It is a list of results. It was the blood. You can't add anything to that, and you can't take it away. It was the blood of the Lamb that saved us, and the same is true today. Jesus was killed. Passover. And the blood of the Lamb was put on a cross piece. A lentil. I think that's what they're called. Something like that. Right? The only thing that matters is the blood of the Lamb. But wait. If I say that it's all about the blood, what about all that other stuff the Bible talks about? How about this? Take up your cross every day and follow me. Bible says to do that. So is it the blood plus taking up a cross every day? Or how about this? If you don't forgive others, you won't be forgiven. Bible does say that. What about this? Repent of your sins, be baptized, take the Lord's Supper seriously, don't lie, cheat, borrow, or steal, don't smoke, cuss, be promiscuous, right? Don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that. But yet I'm sitting here saying Christianity isn't a list of rules, it's a list of results. Yeah, don't smoke, don't cuss, or be promiscuous, don't laugh, or make fart jokes, right? I mean, there's so many lists. <laughs> you know what I think? Sometimes I worry about farts. I think God smiled when he said, hey, we need a pressure relief valve. Let's put it in their butt and make it stink. I mean, come on. I, I, you know I'm joking, but like, seriously, there's a lot of Christians out there that think that you can't laugh, that you can't find humor in something, in the right things. Sure, God's, God wants us to laugh, but too often we make Christianity a list of rules to follow, and it's not. It's a list of results, and you're still wondering what I'm talking about, and I understand but I'm going to help you out with that. The Bible tells us many things, and it seems like there's rules, but don't ever confuse the results of a walk with God 
with those being a requirement to walk with God. Because religion hates John 6, 28 and 6, 29. In the New Living Translation, it says this, The disciples replied, We want to perform God's works too. What should we do? And Jesus gave them a long list of rules, right? Don't smoke, don't drink, don't cuss, don't tell fart jokes, don't have fun. All of this stuff, right? That's what Jesus said, surely, right? No, he didn't. They replied, we want to perform God's works too. What should we do? And Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one that he sent. What? Seriously, that's what Jesus said? The disciples are saying, we want to do good works too. How do we do good works? And Jesus says, look, man, you're getting it confused. You're making rules instead of results. The only rule is to believe in the one that he sent. But maybe the simplified cowboy version will shed a little bit more light on what that verse actually means in the original text. They replied, we want a rope, ride, and brand for God's outfit too. What do we have to do first to saddle up with God? And Jesus said, there's only one thing you have to do. Give your whole life to the top hand that God has sent you. See, that's what belief means. It's a transformational belief. If you say you believe in God and you didn't have a life before Christ and a transformed life afterwards, then you don't believe you have some type of cursory knowledge or intellect about who you think God is. When God says, the only works I require is to believe in the one that he sent, that means by giving your entire being to the top hand that God has sent you. That's what that means. But now we get into, what do I mean by rules versus requirements? See, religion makes the results of Christianity become requirements of Christianity. Taking up your cross and following Jesus isn't a requirement for Christianity. It's a result of Christianity. Because if we are going to follow Christ, we have to follow Him. And that means that as a result of our transformed life, we walk the path that Christ walked. We take up our cross and we die. Every, we don't die on a cross once. We die every single day to our own selfish desires, wants, and beliefs. And we give those desires to the man and mission of Jesus Christ. So taking up your cross every day and following Jesus isn't a requirement for Christianity. It's a result of Christianity. Forgiving others is the result of our faith. Not a requirement for it, because God forgave us of all of our wrongdoings, intentional and unintentional. And if you are following Christ, you will do the same. Forgiving is a result of Christianity, not an additional requirement for it. It is not added. The blood of the Lamb and forgiving others is the basis for Christianity. No, to believe in the one that He sent and the one that died for us. Being baptized is a result of our love for God. It starts the transformational process, and we're going to do one today. And I hope we do one every single Sunday for the next however long I'm alive. And I hope it continues after I'm dead. Somebody asked me one time, they said, how many people have you baptized? I said, I have no idea. And they're like, you don't keep track of it? And I said, no, the only thing I keep track of is I know there's more out there. I'm not worried about how many I've done. I worry about how many are left to go. But being baptized isn't a requirement for eternal life. It's a result of us saying we are going to be obedient and identify with Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. It's the first step of that journey. Don't 
misconstrue the results of Christianity for requirements of Christianity. Sinning less isn't a requirement of our faith. It's the result of it. Too many people think that you're a better Christian if you sin less. No! No! Sin isn't the focus of our faith. Christ is. Our faith is not about quit sinning. Our faith is about turning to God. And if we turn to God and we follow Him and we do, the, we do things the way Jesus did them, then guess what the natural result is? There's going to be a pop quiz. The natural result is you won't live that life anymore. Maybe you'll still struggle with it a little bit. We all do. But there's a difference in living in sin and struggling with sin. So what does Christianity feel like? It feels like a beautiful, beautiful life with God. If there's one thing I want you to know when you leave here today is that God loves you. And the last thing in the world He wants you to do is look at the results of Christianity and start making rules out of them. Where will you go today? What will you tell somebody? Man, what does it feel like to be a Christian? Well, it doesn't really feel like anything. It's just who we are. It's the set of truths that define our purpose. And it's by which we seek to fulfill ourselves. Christianity isn't a, feel, a feeling. It's a fulfillment of God's promise. It's a list of results, not a list of rules. And it feels like a beautiful life with God. Let's pray. Dad, thank you for loving us when we are not heads, no accounts, and liars. And help us to realize the results of a life lived well with you. This life isn't characterized by a life of good feelings, but a fulfillment of your promises and peace and eternal life. You chose each of us before time began, and God, today and every day after, we choose you, love you, and we will follow you. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.